0: This is the Light & Life Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Heinzman. Children are the church of today. That's the central theme in my conversation with Christy Kessinger, author of Roots Children's Curriculum by Light & Life Publishing. Children can know God, not just know about him. They can have a deeply rooted relationship with him that will establish them in faith for the entirety of their lives. Join us for this great conversation about roots and the spiritual formation of children. We are welcoming today Christy Kessinger, who's the Assistant Pastor over Children's Ministry and Prayer Ministry at Greenville Free Methodist Church in Greenville, Illinois. Hey, Christy, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited to be here with you.
0: Awesome. Well, maybe what a lot of people don't know, or maybe they do know because they've seen your name on it, but... Christy is the author of both years, we have two years now, of Roots curriculum published with Light and Life Publishing. And um, Christy, your work is just really good. Uh, Thank you for the investment in the greater church by writing writing Roots for us.
1: Yeah, it was just such a, it really is a privilege. I mean, when you think of Yeah, just being being given the time and the resources to do that, and it's looking so good with the graphics that your designers have made, and just, yeah, just very excited.
0: Well, so we know that this didn't just happen, like you didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to write a new children's curriculum. It really probably came out of experience, so I, I think that what we'd really like to do is just jump into that, like... Tell us about your thoughts about children's ministry, because you have a very unique take on it, and I think it's just really good for people to hear that. So like many people, some might struggle with children's ministry. Maybe kids are very active. It seems like you can't get control of the room. Um, Sometimes people, you know, maybe feel like it's kind of stuck in a rut. Like, you know, you read a Bible verse, tell them a story, hand them a coloring page, and that's the end of it. Um, What have you seen emerge in your own experience over the years with children's ministry that just excites you and that you would share with others listening today?
1: So I've been doing this 15 years. My background is in education, but I started here at the church uh, 15 years ago. And and I think from the very beginning, we wanted children's ministry to kind of uh, step in line with what our senior pastor was doing. How can we take our ministry to kids and um, and so whatever the preaching series or whatever was at the time, and so it just, as I would search through children's curriculum, and there's so much out there, and people do a good job writing curriculum, but I would often notice that they would stop at a point and not lean in to uh, the deeper possibilities with kids. It would be real surface uh, for the most part. Good stuff, good activities. Um, One of my favorite quotes uh, that I looked up here before we jumped on was, I sang your songs and I jumped to your music. I watched your cartoon videos. I ate your pizza, but I didn't meet your God. Wow. And, yeah, and so I just noticed that we, you know, children's ministry, we wanted kids to come and just enjoy being at church. And we had all the fun things, all the bells and whistles. But I just... I don't know. I mean, Jesus said, let the little children come. Uh, And then when all of a sudden it was like a light bulb moment when I heard the quote that somebody gave that the Holy Spirit isn't given in a pint-sized form to children, that children are given the same Holy Spirit that we as adults are. And so what does that look like for kids? So we just, I just started to create experiences here at the church because I wanted kids just to know just not to know about God, but we really wanted them to know God and to really know somebody you have to experience them. So we just started to lean in, really helping kids to understand that they're the church of today. Um, And you'll hear me say that a lot if if you're with me much, um, that children are the church of today, not just tomorrow. We're not just building up a generation for the future but they can be the church now, and they are part of the church. Mm. And so just creating lessons, and I would always use other curriculums. And like I said, I don't want to bash other curriculums because right. there is just a lot of good stuff out there. But just digging in and keep taking kids to the next level because I, let's, I also let's, feel like,
0: okay, let's go ahead. Let's talk about that, though. Let's talk about the next level. Like like where does something stop before that level, and what are some of the actual things you did to take them and continue to do, to take them into what you think is that next level that makes them live, learn, minister, you know, be discipled literally so that they're the church of today at the age they are and not the church of tomorrow. What is that line and how did you cross it?
1: Right. Well, and growing up in the church, I felt like people kept trying to save me. Um, And that's where they would stop.
0: Oh. And
1: so I feel like a lot of times we don't give kids and show kids the full gospel, the New Testament after the Holy Spirit, as well as, you know, we we stick a lot in rules and you need to do this, this, and this to be a Christian. You need to, you know, the Ten Commandments, which are all good things. But what does it look like to be given the Holy Spirit at the age of 10 and how should your life look different then? How that is actually played out in real life is teaching kids to pray and not just teaching them to read a laundry list to God in their prayer to Jesus, but how to listen to the Spirit. Because kids hear, uh, they, they can listen, right? We know kids can listen and learn. And so how do we teach a child to listen to the Holy Spirit instead of just listening to the voice of the world, because they are getting the voice of the world, right? Mm-hmm. But how can we lean in and listen? And then just like you train a child to read or you train a child to uh, play basketball or we train a child to, you know, eat neatly, you know, and to wipe their face or whatever, we can also train a child to listen to the Holy Spirit and to read the Bible for what the Holy Spirit has to say to them. And so both through some of the practices that I basically do every time I meet with kids on on a Sunday morning is we do Lectio Divina, which is an old practice of the church, right? And it's usually something we think of as very formal and high church, but it can actually be very real for kids. And so teaching kids to listen to the scripture and to write down, what words jump off the page at them? And so teaching them that practice, that spiritual discipline, as well as then providing hands-on prayer experiences for them, um, not just, again, asking God for things, but right. listening to what God would have them to say, listening to that spirit and learning to discern between the voice of the enemy and voice of the spirit.
0: So prayer stations is one of the big parts of Roots, and in Roots Fruit of the Spirit, which is the second year of the curriculum now, prayer stations is all based on the Lord's Prayer, which I think is really good. Mm -hmm. So what makes prayer stations in Roots Fruit of the Spirit based on the Lord's Prayer different than just learning to recite it? Because as a little kid, Mm -hmm. I was first raised in the Roman Catholic Church. And you were taught the I'm doing air quotes. Our listeners can't see my air quotes, but the Our Father, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I was taught that, and I was taught to recite it. I really wasn't taught why. So explain what you do with prayer stations with the Lord's Prayer.
1: So roots two, um, it's all focused. Not that roots one is not, but roots two is all focused on the stories of Jesus, as far as the Bible stories, and so it's just, we want to teach children to do what Jesus did in Roots 2, not, and again, Roots 1 is all about, right, everything's all about Jesus, but in Roots, you know, Roots 1 had some Old Testament stories, Um, Roots 2, we really tried to stay just in the stories of Jesus, and the repeated phrase in Roots 2 is, is not what would Jesus do, but what would Jesus do? You know, how did Jesus live? How did Jesus talk to his friends? How did he, how did he listen to his father and, and how did he grow? Because Jesus had the fruits of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. He did. Cause he was, yeah. he was God and he was spirit. And so if we're pattering ourselves after Jesus, then we should have the fruits of the spirit. And it's not something that we dig into and work really hard, but it's something that is born in us by following Jesus and by trying to do Mm. what he does and listening to the spirit. And so the disciples really only asked Jesus to teach them one thing. They, they asked Jesus to teach him to, them to pray, and so the Lord's Prayer is the prayer that Jesus patterned for them, and that then, you know, through centuries of the church, we have said, let's pray as Jesus prayed, and then here's the Lord's Prayer, and you need to memorize it, and we'll say it every week in church, and and all the things, but what does it even mean, and so uh, we teach a phrase of the Lord's Prayer um, about every, I think it's done every week or every other week throughout the first part of roots Mm -hmm. and then with an active element in it. So how do we pray our father? Well, it's hallowing his name. You know, our father hallowed be your name. It's hallowing his name. Well, what does hallow even mean? And then how can we, because kids, you know, kids need to be active. Kids are concrete thinkers, especially in the primary. And so how does one hallow his name if we're pattering ourselves after Jesus? And so there's always an active element and then they become after you teach all of the Lord's Prayer with the sign language, which is a beautiful thing because once again, we want to be active. You know, we can't teach kids the same way we teach adults. But my belief is we can teach them the same content, but in a different way. And oh, that's often the we, Yeah, the way we teach kids is often if we were to try to teach adults that, they maybe would catch on a little quicker right? And so through object lessons, through hands-on elements. Um, so I kind of digress here. So we teach them all the phrases along with um, the sign language. And once again, you'll find in Roots, we repeat things a lot because like adults, sure. but especially with kids, when something is repeated, I think there's some study that shows how many times somebody has to hear something before it's,
0: Well, that just isn't kids. I mean, come on, if we had, I often tell preachers, wouldn't it be nice if I only had to preach that through the Sermon on the Mount one time, and then people just got (laughs) it, and they never needed to hear it again. But we adults need to hear it over and over and over again as well. So I think you make a good point for kids. Maybe, maybe we're more like the kids than we think we are, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Sometimes people will say, when I preached in the big church, you know, when I'll do an object lesson like I would do with the kids, they kind of, that's the one thing that they're like, oh, that was, you know, yes, I just, they resonate with that. So, yeah, maybe we should all be more like kids, right?
0: Well, a child shall lead them, the scriptures say. That's right, that's right, that's right. right. Well, so tell us about some experiences maybe you've had with, with your kids. Like, I know we don't need, you know, names or particulars, but like when are some times where you had like these moments that were very affirming, that the Lord just kind of was like, there it is. The mm-hmm. things that you've invested into these kids we're now seeing, like how have you seen kids really maybe instead of just being led into the presence of the Lord in the way you're doing it in class, they begin to take it up for themselves. Have you seen that? And mm-hmm. what encouragement might that offer to other people who maybe haven't seen that in their kids' ministry?
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was, I've was. i been thinking it because I knew you were going to ask this question. And, and unfortunately, um, unless you ask people, ask parents what their stories are, I don't always hear these stories. But I happened to uh, be talking to our senior pastor here last night, and he said he was just – in a prayer meeting last night when a mom of one of my kids said, and I was over with the kids, of course. I wasn't with the adults to to hear this story. And she said that that day her son had been going to do something socially with a friend or with a group of friends. And uh, he told his mom, you know, I don't think I'm going to go today. I felt the spirit, and this is his words: I felt the spirit say, don't go.
0: And so he didn't
1: go. I know. I was like, I would never have heard that story. And I feel like, and so for parents, you know, for teachers and pastors, you know, we feel like we, I feel like I'm a, a broken record. I say the same thing all the time. Kids, you can hear from the spirit. Listen, let's, let's, let's lean into how to do that. And, and so just the fact that, and it was with a group of good kids. It wasn't necessarily real obvious why he shouldn't go and the mom even said you know maybe everything would have been fine if that child had gone to this social event but she felt it was he was flexing his spiritual muscle and so kind of like you have to keep lifting to get stronger we have to train our children and we have to repeat and really us as adults do too we have to keep practicing to get it right, right? Sometimes we'll get it wrong. You know, and I've heard people who pray prophetically, you know, and pray for healing for people. They say, you know, if I pray a hundred times and I only get it right five times and God, you know, God actually, you know, heals that five times. I think it's Ivan Philby that says that, you know, but if I pray a thousand times for healing, maybe it'll be 20 times, you know? And so
0: Mm.
1: we just keep, practicing just like an Olympic athlete keeps practicing so when it really does count when the Lord the Spirit really is saying don't go to that party don't get in that car we have trained our children to listen and I actually heard another story so our kids just got got back from a mission trip he felt the Spirit say to him and this is coming from his mom go out and pray behind the hotel they were on a mission that they were on a trip down south and so he didn't know why he could and and probably you know that maybe wasn't the best choice for him you know because I don't know if we want to send our kids out to the back of a hotel by himself but anyway it just shows you what's possible and so this kid went out and he actually did find somebody and prayed with with one of the girls that was out there and so you know but the next morning they were told that there was an accident behind that hotel and the person lived through the accident did not pass away. Wow. And so just wondering, is it because that boy prayed on site and just prayed in the area, you know? And so just just realizing that our kids can hear from the Spirit. Yes. They're not always going to get it right, but we're not always going to get it right either. That's right.
0: And why should we train them to... To, to do like we do, and that is not pray for fear that we'll get it wrong when they're just listening. I think what's so right. miraculous about these two stories, Christy, is that these kids, sometimes I think here's what God does. I don't think he always says don't go because there's some kind of trap waiting for us. Sometimes he says don't go to see if we'll be obedient because it's a sign right. of love. Jesus yes. said if you love me you'll obey yes. my commands and I think those are real time commands yes. as well as the commands in scripture which yes. do always line up together I mean there was nothing terribly prohibitive of, uh, prohibitive about yes. doing that but imagine the trajectory of that young child's life yes. knowing that they can trust God and yes. praise God for the mom who who recognized this need for the child to flex their spiritual muscle and yes. obey the Lord that's why to obey is better than sacrifice, and I just think, wow, what an amazing story and what hope we can lean into for our kids. What you're basically describing is a sanctified life. It's yeah. a life surrendered to the Lord. That's where holiness comes in, and we yeah. think sometimes as adults we'll never achieve that, and here you've got kids achieving it <laughs> in, yeah. in, in little ways and growing into it more every day. Ah, that's and great.
1: do we ever hear people talk about that children can live a sanctified life?
0: No, never. But
1: if they're given the same spirit we are, why couldn't they?
0: Of course they can.
1: And it's just just mind-blowing when you really think about the ramifications. If we treat children as children, yes, but if we treat them as sanctified, holy people on the journey, how different every interaction we have with that child would be
0: and it really is just always having a yes ready for Jesus no matter what he asks. Yeah. And and that scares adults half to death sometimes like it just feels like there's going to be too much of a cost like he's going to hit us up with the rich young ruler ask, you know, to sell everything and give it to the poor yeah. or something and we withhold our yes. Because of it, and we revert to only doing some religious things but praise God that this little child was just like I think the Lord said don't go to this party and they obeyed. Yeah. And is that going to set the stage for a whole lot more of that in their life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow.
0: So, tell us about some of the other components of of roots to um, fruit of the spirit. So it does lean into the fruit of the spirit. Why don't you just give us an overview of like, I think what I was most impressed with is that you just don't teach like about love or about joy or about kindness. It's this interactive piece. So how do the kids interact with or pursue the fruit of the spirit through roots?
1: Yeah. So I think usually you might in a, in a typical way you teach for the spirit, you, you might say, okay, this is what love is. Um, so let's love, right? And mm-hmm. you, you know, you draw some pictures of some hearts, and you play some games, you know, um, and you might learn a Bible verse on love. But we really wanted to dive deep into each fruit. So that's why we took a whole year teaching the fruits of the spirit. And when I was writing this, COVID hit in the middle of it. And so I pivoted from teaching in person to continuing to teach the fruit of the spirit as I was writing and teaching online. And so it did change a little bit. Um, So back to your question. Um, So there's, I think three weeks generally on each fruit. And so we start with love of course. And just really talking about how all the fruits of the spirit's, are about love, right? It, it's like the main fruit, because I mean, what what are the command? The main command of Jesus right. is love the Lord your God, and then love your love your neighbor as yourself. And so we really, and so we look at uh, usually in the first lesson. Well, so if we want to be like Jesus, then how did Jesus show love? Um, and then we always go to okay. So then, how what does it look like for us and for them as kids? to show love, what does that look like? And then, of course, um, there's the element at the end of, um, at, or not at the end, but at the end of the lesson, you know, is, there's the prayer stations. And so then we hit joy in the same way. And we hit, and then in the middle of teaching the fruits, we pause because we don't want to, um, we want to keep repeating in a in a way what roots 1 taught because they kind of do build on each other. And so my suggestion is you really do want to um, because roots 1 talked about who God is and then who we are in light of who God is. Yep. And then how do we grow and how do we listen and how do we how are we sold in light and and so So in the middle of Roots 2, we pause and we kind of review, again, that who we are in Christ just to make sure we're all on the same page and kids are remembering how we want to tie everything together. Um, So, yeah, so it's just a real, uh, you know, by the time you've taught all these fruits, it kind of feels like a fruit salad and, (laughs) you know, everything is just all, you know. So, so, you know, I did not want to see any more fruit after yeah. I wrote, you know. Just, so, and it's
0: yeah. always apples, you know, it's always apples. It's
1: always right? apples, always
0: apples, yep, yeah, yeah. Well, Christy, I just can't thank you enough for joining us for this little podcast today. Such encouraging words. Um And you can get Roots by going to freemethodistbooks.com. You can read all about it if you go to fmcusa.org slash roots, and there's a whole landing page set up that will even let you download a lesson just to look at and observe the teacher's resource guide, which has a lot of the the side notes for teachers, all the things that teachers would want to know if you're considering the curriculum. So thank you for investing in children, first of all, in these yeah. amazing stories. And blessings on your ministry at Greenville. What exciting times.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Can I tell you one more story? Please. Um, so I really want to encourage anybody that uses Roots to, and this is something that I am not perfect at, but I really want to encourage whoever's teaching to prepare your spaces in prayer. Um, And and this is is why. So I have a friend um, who recently just kind of received the gift of of just, uh, I don't know what you would call it, discernment. Uh, She'll get just some gifts of the spirit, prophetic a little bit. um, And she said that she was praying throughout the building, and she went in to the loft, which is the room we teach in, that I teach in and she went on to the stage and she just said she felt this overwhelming sense of the spirit there Mm -hmm. with this sense that the spirit was present and he was doing work in that room. And that just was such an encouragement to me. And I hope it's an encouragement to the listener that, If we prepare ourselves and if we prepare our spaces that we teach, prayer rock, uh, declare. And so I think there's even on the website that people will buy roots at, there's a prayer card that we have made that helps you prepare yourself, helps you pray in advance for the kids that will be there, and then helps you pray in that space. And I just would really encourage, and it's a good reminder to me too, that, that we just don't pray once and done. We continue to prepare (laughs) these spaces for ministry that the spirit would be strong in that place that the enemy would have no hold on our kids. And so I just encourage not to forget probably the most important thing. And like I say, I'm saying this to myself, too. We can't forget preparing the space and asking the spirit to lead and guide. If we're teaching a holiness curriculum and we're a holiness church, then we can't forget probably the most important piece of going before the Lord as leaders and as ministers and as teachers and just ushering him into the room.
0: Mm. So, so true. Oh, that we would do that in our churches, right? Not just our children's ministry rooms, but the whole of the church for worship services because, you know, we forget that the Bible clearly says that there's this enemy the devil, yeah. he's hes just kind of prowling around seeking whom he would devour. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he never stops. He's always doing right. that. And so right. I would i would just affirm that your investment in prayer over that room, mm-hmm. over the empty space, even before people come in, um, is just such a great reminder. You can't pray enough for kids. Yeah, she- and, and it's not just even that they'll be protected from the evil one, although protection is part of it. But that they would actually take up the whole armor of God themselves, like we see the kids doing in your ministry. So thank you for that advice. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you
1: for the vision of roots and helping to make it happen.
0: Oh, what a great collaborative effort. It truly is. You know, we haven't done this on all the podcasts, but as we close here, could I ask you to just say a prayer for our children's ministries collectively across the Free Methodist Church?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So dear Lord, we we do, we come before you humbly and thank you uh, for your vision, Spirit, of collaborating with us to bring your kingdom to earth. And so Lord, I pray for every church that has a child in that church, whether they use roots or not, Lord, help them to, help us to catch uh, your vision for children. Your vision for children is that they would come to you. And that they would go into their 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 the fields of sports and um, in their schools and in their homeschools and in their dance studios. And they would be uh, the salt and light uh, in their places, Lord. Kids can do so much more than we can even think or imagine because they have your spirit, Lord. Thank you for giving the spirit to children. Thank you for that. And, Lord... I just pray that as we are in this, uh, what we hope is toward the end of COVID, Lord, that, and, and as we as a church um, decide and try to, to figure out uh, what you would have us do with children in this, in this post-COVID, in this, in this political minefield that, that the church finds itself in, Lord, would you, would you give direction to the children's ministers and teachers in our churches, Lord. And would you empower us to speak your truth, to not only help children meet you, but then help children, guide them in living a sanctified life, Lord. And Lord, give us a vision for our children. Help us to see that you, through our children, are capable of so much more than we could ever Mm. ask or imagine, Lord. Um, Lord, help us catch your vision, not my vision, not our pastor's vision, not, not what our world thinks for children, but Lord, what do you have for our children? Mm. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you say, let the little children come, and you say um, that the children will lead us. Lord, help us to have eyes to see that children are the church of today, right now, current, and, Lord, yeah, I just pray your blessing on our churches, big and small. And, Lord, uh, empower our leaders. Give them rest. And, Lord, may, um, may you empower us um, to just do your work in the lives of our children and in the lives of our church collectively, Lord. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for loving us, and thank you for loving our children. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us. You can visit fmcusa.org slash roots for detailed information about this excellent curriculum and also purchase roots at freemethodistbooks.com. For the Light and Life podcast, I'm Brett Heinzman.